week three into our Advent series that we've called Arrival, and it's really just about the arrival of four beautiful gifts. We've already talked about two. We're going to talk about the third one today. We'll talk about the fourth one on Christmas Eve, Christmas morning. And if you're unfamiliar with an Advent conversation, it really means three things in our context. And we've talked about it every week, so here we go. First of all, it means a celebration of prophecy. Jesus came. You, you know, at my house, we've got a couple of uh, manger scenes. And we see Jesus born as a baby, and that was a beautiful expression of thousands of years of waiting. So what was a celebration of prophecy? Advent is also a celebration of presence because Jesus is Emmanuel. God with us. Christ is here. He's here among us. It's a celebration of prophecy. It's a celebration of presence, and it's a celebration of promise. And if you were with us, during our, our previous series, we learned that Christ is coming again, and he is. So just to kind of review what we've talked about, the first week we talked about hope, and that hope is not just wishful thinking. Hope is not just, man, I, I hope the Bulldogs win on December 31st. I'm pretty confident about that one, though. So It's not just a fleeting hope. It's not just a... It's not just wishful thinking. It's a confident expectation that God's going to do what he said he was going to do. And then last week we talked about the matchless, never-ending, always unconditional, relentless love of Christ. And that he's more than enough. So we talked about hope and we talked about love. And here's what I want you to see. I told you that we were going to talk about hope, love, joy, and peace. So today is joy. So if, if hope... And love got together and had a baby. The offspring is joy. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The arrival of joy. And here's how it happened. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Good news, great joy, all the people. Good news, great joy for all the people. So here's, here's a question, and, and I, I've asked this question before. I'm going to ask it again. If you're in the room and you're connected to social media in some way, shape, form, or fashion, raise your hand. Okay, if you're in the room and somebody you know is connected to social media in some way, shape, form, raise, raise your hand. Okay, so that's pretty much everybody in the room, right? So let's, let's do a little straw poll. If you're, on, if you're on Facebook, wave at me. Okay, if you're on Facebook. Okay, if you're on Twitter, wave at me. Nobody does Twitter, right? I wonder if nobody, I don't know. Nobody loves Twitter. All right, here, here we go. If you're on Instagram, a couple of you. How about, where are the TikTokers in the room? TikTokers in the room. Yeah, you love some TikTok, right? 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 TikTok doesn't give me any love either. My, my husband, my, my husband, I don't have a husband. My son, 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 son. We will edit that out of the video. My, my son, where did that come from? My son says that grown men should never have a TikTok. Uh, right. But here's the thing. We do. It's become the, the fastest growing connection. It's the, it's the harvest field of, of 2023. But I don't, I don't like it all. My fascination with all things social media is waning. Anybody with me? Um, it, it, I don't understand. You know, it's, it's like this huge pendulum swing. You can, you can have, uh, you know, this intense political conversation with one post, right? And then they're going to teach you how to make chocolate cake in a coffee mug with three ingredients in the next. <laughs> anybody seen that one, by the way? Have you seen that one? Did you sh anybody shared it? Anybody made it? No, because we, we, you know, we see it, but we don't do anything with it, right? And I'm, I'm losing interest in some of that. But there's one thing that social media that's done. 
and, and if you're connected to it, not connected to it, like it or don't like it, you, can, you have to agree with me that there's this one thing that it's done is it's made all of our lives much more transparent. Now, you get to control how, how wide or narrow that window is of transparency into your life. Just, can I just say this? Some of y'all share way too much stuff. I don't, we don't need to know all of that. Narrow that window a little bit, right? But here's what that window reveals. That window's revealed that in many parts of our world, in many parts of our culture, we have people that live joyless lives. We'll see all sorts of drama and depression and anxious thoughts. And, and some are genuine, some might not be, I don't know. But it does give us a window into our culture that in many ways is not really, um, what's the right word? It's, it's not really encouraging. There seems to be maybe now more than ever people living a joyless, if not joyless, at least not a joy-filled life. So I'm going to submit to you that our world, our homes, our culture is in desperate need for joy. Watch the news. So the joy that we're going to talk about today is not a bubblegum-flavored, giddy emotion. I mean, not, not that there's anything wrong with bubblegum-flavored, giddy emotion, but that's not the joy we're talking about. It's three things. You don't have room to write this down, but you ought to try to figure out a way to write these three things down. The first thing that joy is, it's an expression of the work that Christ has done in your life. And if Christ has done a work in your life, there should be joy. It's not a locker room celebration. You know, I mean, those are fun, right? We've seen a couple of those. <laughs> That's cool. It's, not an, it's, it's, it, it's an expression of the work that Christ has done in our life. Secondly, it's transformational. In fact, let me tell you, if it doesn't change your life, it's just an emotion. So it's an expression of the work that Christ has done. It's transformational and it's eternal. Joy doesn't flee away when your circumstances change. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Joy that changes life. Joy that changes cultures. Joy that changes families, changes communities. You know what is true? Joy-filled people don't hate each other. This world has enough of that. And I hear what you're thinking. I can see it on your faces. I'd have more joy if I had more money. If I had a better job, if I had a better marriage, if I, if I could lose some weight, I'd have more joy. No, you wouldn't. I know a lot of miserable, skinny people. <laughs> it's not the answer. Hmm. The kind of joy that we're going to talk about today happens in the human heart as the person of Christ redeems that heart and rescues humanity. That's what we'll talk about. Let's see if we can put that in perspective. I, one of my favorite movies is uh, Sully. Anybody seen Sully? Nobody? Three of us. Woohoo! <laughs> so Sully is about Captain Sullenberger. And, and if you'll remember, January 15, 2009, Flight takes off from LaGuardia Airport, headed towards Charlotte, North Carolina, and just a freak accident happens. They, lo they lose both engines because they flew into a flock of birds just after takeoff. And so Captain Sullenberger has to make this split-second miraculous decision to not fly. Anybody ever been to New York? There's a couple people there. <laughs> Where am I going to put this plane down? That doesn't kill a bunch of people, not counting the 155 people behind me. So he makes this incredible choice in, in this much time to land it in the Hudson River. Nobody dies. It's a miracle. I mean, they, they made a movie about it. It's incredible, incredible, incredible. I wonder, so 2009, so that's now 13 years ago. Almost 13 years, almost 14 years ago. I wonder if you found just an arbitrary person that was on that flight. 
and just had a conversation with him, how long would it be? You ought to have been with me 14 years ago before that comes up in conversation. I promise you every one of those 155 people that were on board that ship, it has, that event changed the filter that they view everything else that happens to them. They get a flat tire on the way to work. At least I'm not in the Hudson River. Right? It's changed the filter. It's changed the way they look at life. What the joy of Christ that he brought on this Christmas day will change the way you look at the rest of your life. At least it should. Because here's the truth. Every human heart is looking for rescue. I'm going to give you a definition of joy. You can write it down if you want to. It'll be on the screen behind me. Joy defined. Joy is a feeling of confidence, but it's not just a feeling. It's a feeling of confidence that God has a plan. It's an assurance that he is ultimately working all things out for his glory and for my good. And it's the gladness that comes from knowing it is well with my soul. So if you're taking notes, this might be a good thing to write down. Joy can never be merely circumstantial or situational. In other words, joy doesn't come and go on the wave of our circumstances. So let's take another straw poll. If something happened to you this year that was, oh, I don't know, challenging, wave at us. Yeah, all right? How many know that sometimes life happens? And sometimes life is challenging. And sometimes life is difficult. And if the joy that Christ brings sweeps in and out with our circumstances, guess what? It's not real. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not substantial. It's not, it's not enough. If it changes every time we get a flat tire or lose our job, or don't get the promotion, if it changes every time uh, we get a bad diagnosis, if it comes in and out every time we have an argument with our spouse, if it happens, if it changes every time things just don't go our way, then what, is that enough to build our life on? The answer is no, no, no. But the joy that Christ brings isn't circumstantial. It doesn't have, it's not based on what happens in your life and in mine. See, the truth of the matter is we live in a broken world. I don't know if you've noticed that. We live in a broken world, and things don't always go the way we'd like them to go. The power of God and the joy of the Lord doesn't hinge on the craziness of this world that we live in. It is solid and substantial and forever and eternal. Paul said it like this in the book of Philippians. And let me, here's just a little disclaimer last week i told you if you wanted to learn more about the love of the lord and the love of christ read the first second third john if you if you need some joy in your life spend some time in the book of philippians it's all about joy and here's what uh, the apostle paul said philippians chapter 3 verse 1 says whatever happens don't you love those words whatever whatever happens my dear brothers and sisters rejoice in the lord i never get tired of telling you these things and i do it to safeguard your faith Whatever happens, rejoice in the Lord. Whatever happens, rejoice in the Lord. Whatever, whatever, whatever happens, rejoice in the Lord. Re regardless of what happens, I'm supposed to rejoice in the bad moments. Oh, by the way, anybody want to take a guess where Paul was when he wrote this letter? Prison. He was likely changed to a smelly, big, burly Roman guard. And he said, whatever happens, rejoice in the Lord. Let me, can I tell you why you can, regardless, whatever happens, why you can rejoice in the Lord? This, this truth that I'm going to give you changed my life. And it's so, it's so simple, it's profound. That I can trust God about three very basic things. Number one, that God is always right. He is in always right. It's impossible for him to be wrong. And if my life is in his hands, 
if my life is in his hands and what comes to me filters through his hands and he's allowing me to walk through a challenge, he's allowing me to walk through a circumstance, then he must know what he's doing. Hmm. He's in all ways right. He's in all ways good. His goodness is running after me. He's always right and he's always good. We we say here, and we've said it a lot, and we've said it a few times during this series, that God is working out all things for my good and his glory. And I genuinely believe that, but I'm I'm going to add a word to that phrase. He is working out all things for my eternal good and his glory. See, God's got a bigger window of perspective than you do. You know what we can look at? We can look at it right now. We see... The flat tire right now. We see the broken relationship right now. We see the diagnosis in the right now. And we think, well, God not, God's not working out for my good. I'm sick. God's got a bigger window than you do. God can see more than you can see. And he knows more than you know. And listen, if you're walking through it and trust that he is always good, man, could there be purpose in your pain? And the answer is a resounding yes. So he's in always right and he's in always good. And listen, he's of all things aware. He knows exactly where you're at. He knows it. He not only knows exactly where you're at, he knows exactly where you've been. He not only knows exactly where you're at and exactly where you've been, he knows exactly where you're going. If I can learn to trust that, I'll have joy. In the midst of a difficult time, absolutely, I'll have joy. Hmm. Write this down. Joy begins with our response to the gospel. I'm going to say something that some of you might not like. I don't know. Maybe you will. I don't know. Let me read to you Luke chapter 10 again. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you Good news that will cause great joy for all the people. So what's another good word for good news? The gospel. So the gospel will bring great joy. Is that true? Am I reading that right? That the good news of Christ brings great joy. Philippians chapter 1. Here's Paul again in in prison. says, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with, with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. From the first day until now. So here's what I'm going to share with you. And I believe this with all my heart. And if you're in the room, you're watching online and and you're not a follower of Christ. uh, I, I I want you to hear this because I genuinely believe that without the gospel of Christ, there is no joy. I'm not saying that that you won't have happy moments and that you won't have good times in your life. I'm saying that the joy that we're talking about today that's eternal and substantial and transformational, you you don't, that that showed up on Christmas morning, night, Christmas, Jesus. Okay, there we go. 1 Peter chapter 1 says, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you don't see him now, you believe, you believe in him. And because you believe in him, are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. King James says, joy unspeakable and full of glory. For you're receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your soul. So is there a connection between the condition of my soul and the level of joy in my life. Absolutely. But here's where we we, we trip, y'all, because I've committed my life to Christ and bad things are happening in my life. I don't understand why do bad things happen to good people. I don't understand why, why... And some of you would have the testimony that after you gave your heart to the Lord, things got more difficult. Hmm. Why does God work that way? Again, he's got a little broader perspective. 
And we have this idea that because I'm walking through a difficult circumstance, that God has somehow forsaken me. God has somehow taken his hand of blessing off of my life. God has somehow uh, removed his favor from me because I'm walking through a difficult time. That somehow God's plan isn't working out for me. Let me tell you, that's a lie of your enemy. Because here's what is true. Difficult circumstances, write this down. Difficult circumstances, joy, and God's plan can all coexist. Let me tell you how that that worked out for Dwayne. Not too terribly recently. Not too terribly far away. Um, Right during COVID, my dad died. And you're never ready for that phone call. Never. He was 90. And when I got a phone call from my sister, and I've told you this story, so I'm not going to bore you with the whole thing, but I I just want you to know, I I don't know that I've ever felt a gut punch like that one and so uh, we we do what you do and had to you know plan the funeral and did all of that and I'm I'm grieving y'all and I y'all those of you that have lost a parent or, or lost a child or lost somebody that's desperately close to you you know what that feels like and I am grieving and my heart is hurting and I I'm Grief like I don't know that I've ever known. And I stood there at the head of his casket, and I began to be thankful. There was joy in the midst of that moment because I knew where he was. I knew that everything that I needed to say to my dad, I I was able to say. And I, in the midst of that grief, there was joy. How does that work? It can only work. It only works when Jesus has rescued and captured your soul. Paul said it this way in Philippians chapter 1. And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here, where's he at? at? Everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. God's plan didn't stop because Paul got locked up in prison. Everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I'm in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, because of my calamity, because of my circumstances, because of my difficult season, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. Listen to me. Your difficulty, your challenge, your hardship, can, God can use and redeem that thing and bring encouragement to others and build your faith. Through God working in the middle of a difficult time. So here's what we need to stop doing. We need to stop whining like children every time something doesn't go our way. Because I'm going to tell you now, you'll have a challenge. But that doesn't mean God's taking his hand of blessing off your life. You know what it might mean? It might mean God's preparing you to use you in a way that would blow your mind. Does it mean that, that I can't have joy because I'm walking through? No, that's, it, in fact, the opposite is true if you believe what Paul just wrote. The, all this bad stuff that's happened, God is using it to help others and to build my own faith. So if you need joy in your life, write this down. If you had not heard anything, I hate it when preachers say that. If you had not heard anything I say, listen, so forget I said that. <laughs> Pay attention to this. If you need joy, change your attitude. Y'all like me until just then. If you need joy, change your attitude. Philippians chapter 2 says you must have, you must have, not it'd be a great idea if you did, not, hey, if you get a chance to change your attitude, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. That's not a very tall bar, is it? I've got to have the same attitude that Jesus had? Well, that... That just bears to answer a question, to ask a question, doesn't it? Well, what kind of attitude did Jesus have? I've always felt that there was a reason that God gave us four accounts of Christ's life in the the Bible. So we could learn about how Jesus lived his life. There's this 
if, if you keep reading that passage that says you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had, you'll, you'll hear this in verse 6. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. Did you, did you get that? that? That Greek word for gave up means emptied himself. He emptied himself of all of his privilege. Took on the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. So what kind of attitude did Jesus have? Jesus was more concerned with people than position or privilege. Mm. What if our attitude changed so we became more concerned with somebody than something? What if? See, happiness happens. But joy is a choice. And today I choose joy. See, happiness happens. Get married, have a kid, buy a house, get a promotion. That stuff happens, right? Happiness happens. But joy, joy is a choice. So how would your life be different today? If there was genuine joy in your soul. I'm not talking about how would your life be different if you came to church and painted on a smile and went through the motions. You've done that and it didn't work, did it? Okay. How would your life be different if there was genuine joy in your soul? How would your marriage be different if there was genuine joy in your soul? Stop elbowing each other. What if... In your marriage, what if both of you were in a genuine pursuit of the joy of the Lord in your life personally? And how would, how would that look? Well, in, in the moments that we have left together, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you five ways to live a joy-filled life. Five ways. And one, two, three, four, five. Okay, five ways. First thing, examine your soul. Is there an area of your life that's unsurrendered? Is there an area of your life that says, I, I've, always, I've always looked at it like this, that, that all right, God, here's my heart, and you can take it, except there's this closet, and I'm just going to sweep all of my junk in that closet so you don't see it. What do you? What do you? What have you swept? Swept? What have you swept into that closet? Do you think God doesn't see? Just because you can hide it from your wife, and just because you can hide it from your husband and your kids and your pastor and your employer, doesn't mean that God doesn't see it. So you mean God's looking at me with eyes of judgment? No, God loves you, and He knows that that's that He. He can't redeem that as long as you're trying to hide it from him. So what is it in your life that's unsurrendered? Maybe you ask the question, am I living in an area of disobedience? Am I doing something that God told me not to do? Or am I not doing something that God told me to do? Or maybe it's just as simple as, is there an unrepented sin in my life? Listen to me. And I'm, I'm not telling you this because I, I, I studied it in a book. I'm telling you this because I've lived this. Unrepented sin will steal your joy. You know, the question is, am I, am I genuinely following Christ? If you want joy in your life, listen, I, I, I know that, that maybe you don't agree with that. Maybe you think you can find joy apart from Christ. You have your choice, and you can, you can have your own opinion regardless of how wrong it is. <laughs> that was mean. You want joy in your life? Follow Jesus. Second thing, change your perspective. And I, was at, I wanted to find a way to, to illustrate this, and, and, and here's what I came up with. 
change your perspective, put down your mirror, pick up your binoculars. Okay, that, that landed not well. What do, you, what do you see in your mirror? What do you see in the binoculars? The rest of the world. Maybe this would be a better way to do it. Maybe, maybe we should... Um, Let's see what pops up when I open my camera. If, if I hit that button, all I see is me. Man, I got a haircut. <laughs> what, if, what if I turn my camera around? Instead of just looking at me, now I see you. Y'all are waving. Y'all are so good looking. <laughs> Maybe I need to be mo- less concerned about me and more concerned about you. We change our perspective. How would our relationships be different if we practice that one truth? How would your marriage be different if you put somebody else in front of you? If you flip the camera, you're more important. All right, can I talk to the husbands for a minute? The same book that we're talking about says that you're supposed to love your wife like Christ loved the church. Gave his life for her. Served. I promise you, if Jesus had an iPhone, he wouldn't have the selfie camera on all the time. And he would have an iPhone, not an Android. Just dropping that out there. <laughs> <coughs> just, just, there we go. Just leave that there. How would our community be different if we put the needs of others in front of our own? How would our church be different if we were more concerned about you than me? Does that make sense? Here's here's the byproduct. When you start genuinely serving others uh, because of a, a, a love for Christ and a love for other people, all of a sudden, guess what enters your life, You can't serve others with the heart of Christ, and you can't serve others with a love for people and joy not invade your soul. It just happens. But can I tell you the opposite is all true. It's also true. I can put myself first, and I can make sure I get mine, and I'm not worried about anybody else, and I'll be a miserable, lonely human being. Mm. So that kind of leads us to number three. You place more value in people than possessions or privilege. Here's a way you can remember that. Rearrange your alphabet. Put you before I. Put you before I. See, our culture teaches us that joy is found when we place great emphasis on our own personal success and, uh, and climbing the corporate ladder. Or how many... I saw this video, y'all. That it, it, was, it was asking this beautiful young lady, maybe 24... What, what's your goal in life? I want 100,000 Instagram followers. That's, that's her greatest joy, 100,000 Instagram. Listen, I, I get it. I get it. But, but can I tell you, I, I, because I've seen what that looks like on the other side of that, it's, it's not joy. Because guess what? You get 100000 you want 250000 You get 250000 you want to have, you know, I want the blue check. Mm. No, no, y'all. If you really want joy, if you really want joy, and not just stuff, joy that'll last, joy that's eternal, find a way to serve somebody. Make people a priority. Love God. Love each other. Mm. Number four, write this down. Watch out for joy thieves. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. When you get full of joy, not everybody you know is going to be excited about it. In fact, they'll try to take it from you. Because they don't have it, and if they can't have it, they don't want anybody else to have it. 
And, and listen, I'm so thankful we, our church, had, we're just full of people that love each other. But I'm just going to tell you, I've been around enough people to know that there's some people that just aren't excited about your joy. <laughs> In fact, they'd rather you be miserable. Don't let them steal your joy. <laughs> In fact, I've got, I've got this, I've got a way that you can tell how somebody really feels about somebody without their saying a word. You, you, you ready? When their phone rings, watch their reaction to whatever name pops up on the caller ID. <laughs> right? Because sometimes when the name pops up, you're like, oh, yeah. What's up, girlfriend? <laughs> I've never said that in my life to just then, the only time. But you've seen it. Now watch this. Sometimes it rings and you're like, I do not have the energy to speak to that person. What's up, girlfriend? <laughs> right? Right? We turn it off, don't we? The next thing that they're going to invent on a smartphone is about a four-second video of your reaction. <laughs> that would be bad, right? <laughs> Sidebar, this might be a joy thief, just putting that out there. Just put that out there. Yeah, um, can I, this has nothing to do with the sermon. Can I just put it out there? If you're in a conversation with somebody, I'm going to show you, I'm gonna show you the, a great relational tip. This will change your marriage, change your friendship. And it's one simple move, all right? If you're having a conversation with somebody, don't do this. Do this. Put it away and have a conversation. And when it rings, you know what you're going to do? Not a thing. I promise you, 99 point nine times out of a hundred what's on the I'm not, I'm not going to point at my butt on camera 99 <laughs> times out of a hundred what will happen is well wait put it away don't let it steal your joy be salt and light y'all know I I try to teach y'all and I try to teach myself to love people. Amen? Amen. I mean, do we, we talk about that, right? But, but listen, if there's somebody in your life that's causing your salt to be bland and your light to be dim, you might need to make a change. And sometimes the greatest joy thief on the planet is staring at you right back in the mirror. Yeah, because you... You'll, you'll say things to yourself that you wouldn't want anybody else saying to you. You'll talk about how, how not enough you are and how insufficient you are and how broken you are. How about you just flip that and start, start saying things to yourself that Jesus would say about you. You're redeemed and blessed and favored and God is working out all things for my eternal glory. I mean, my eternal good and his glory. God, his hands of blessing is on my life. Mm. Number, number five. Put Jesus in the center. I'm not, I'm not proud of this, but there were years where I had Jesus on the shelf. I mean, I was saved. But he wasn't in the center. So identify those areas in your life where joy is lacking and put Jesus in the middle. So if your marriage has no joy, put Jesus in the middle of it and watch what happens. If your finances are robbing you of joy, put Jesus in the middle of them and do them his way. If your career is robbing you of joy, put Jesus. Do what Paul did. All these people in this prison are closer to God because I'm here. I, I'm sitting on my couch this morning early, and I'm going through. I do what I do every Sunday morning. I'm just going through these notes, and I just need to share with you what God shared with me about you. So I bet if I 
if I went around this room and I said, this year, has, has joy been fleeting? Has it been hard to find? And as we approach the end of this year, do you feel weak? I, I know you do. Can I, can I tell you how I know? First of all, I know because I feel like the Lord told me that this morning. I'm, I'm in my office, right as y'all are doing that first song, and I, I wonder how many of you were able to sing, there's joy in the house of the Lord with conviction. Or, Donna looks like she's got some joy, but I don't feel it. You feel weak. You feel tired. And I saw you, but I didn't see you. Because I'm thankful for this, but sometimes, and this is going to sound weird, I don't mean it to sound weird, but sometimes God lets me know who, that there's going to be a certain group of people in the room, and, I, and I'll know that they're there, but I won't know their names. Does that make sense? So I know you're here. You're tired, and joy, it's, it's almost like grasping for that golden ring, you're just not finding it. What if I told you I believe you're right where God wants you. And I believe that if you'll do I believe if you'll change your perspective that the end of next year will look different than the end of this year. I'm going to do something that I wasn't ready to do yet, but I'm going to do it anyway. Everybody look up there on that, on that banner. It says illuminate. We spent this entire year trying to focus on that one word. To let, to let God's word be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. To illuminate our path. So I'm away at, on, on my sabbatical in October. And here's what I heard. And I can't tell you how many times God has affirmed this one word. And here's what I heard. I heard God say. And, and listen, y'all know me by now. I don't say God say unless I'm pretty confident God said. I don't throw that around. I think that's taking the Lord's name in vain, by the way. Here's, here's what I heard God say. We spent a year lighting our path. Now it's time to go somewhere. And the word for this year, for 2023, for you, for me, for us as individuals, and for us as a church is pursuit. And so here's what I felt like I heard the Lord say for you today. If you're here and you're weak and you're tired and joy has been fleeting, that if you'd spend the next year pursuing God's plan and purpose for your life as you never have. Next Christmas will be different. I believe because you, you said you're, you didn't say, but I, you're weak. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And because joy has been fleeting, you found yourself weak. But here's what you're going to do this year. You're going to pursue the joy of the Lord like you never have. And you're going to find your strength again. Does that speak to anybody today? You're going to find your strength again. And it's not going to be because you, you say the right prayer and you go through the right devotion book, but because you put Jesus in the center of all of it. And even it, and, and listen, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be that preacher that says, and if you'll do this, you'll drive whatever you want to drive, and you'll live whatever you want to live, and you'll... No, that's not what... It, I mean, no, that's not it, right? No. See, I'm going to tell you who that, who that ought to excite. You're in this room, and you're a ministry leader, and you're tired. And you're like... You know, you, you, you're working, and you're working, and you're working. What would happen? What would happen if you just... 
God renewed your joy and in the process renewed your strength. And then all of a sudden, I want you to hear me today. I believe for you individually that that this is going to be a different year for you if if you'll pursue the joy of the Lord with everything you have. Anybody want that? No, come on, let's, let's pray. It's time to go, but I want to, I want to, I want to do something today. I want you to stand to your feet. And, and I want you to bow your head and I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to think about what we just talked about. You're in the room and joy's been fleeting you feel tired you feel weak you need strength this year's been difficult you feel challenged by your circumstances and while everybody around you may may think man she's got her act together he's got his act together you say I'm joy's fleeting. I'm tired and I need strength. If that's you, here's what I want you to do. I just, I just want you to, you know I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to let me know who I'm praying for. Just slip your hand in the air. Mm. Wow. whole bunch of folks. And here's what's going to happen today. I believe with everything in me that you're going you're gonna to accept this challenge to pursue Christ as never before. Some of you have been following the Lord longer than I've been alive. Make this a new year where I'm going to pursue Christ in a, with a different perspective, with a different energy, with a, with a, with a new found joy. Because there's joy in the house of the Lord. Here's what's going to happen. They're going to do it really quickly. This band's going to come back. And they're going to come back really quickly. Quicker than that. And as a group, here's what we're going to do. We're going to leave this service today in celebration. Two things are going to happen. I'm going to pray that the joy of the Lord invades your life as never before. And then at the end of our prayer, we're going to lift our voice in worship to Christ our King. And listen, you guys know me. I'm not all about the touchy-feely and the hair-raising, but I, I, I sense God doing something in somebody's life today. So here's what we're going to do. I want, you to, I want you to pray with me. And if you're here and you're saying, Dwayne, I'm just overflowing with joy. Things are good. Then I want you to help me pray. You pray for somebody standing around you. You pray for somebody that's going to do, that, that, that's, that's in this room, that's watching us online. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for joy. Not some fleeting, not some giddy locker room celebration, but the joy that came when Christ entered this planet, when the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, He's Jesus, and He's here, and we love Him and thank Him for joy and for strength. God, I believe that the power of Your Holy Spirit is doing a work in somebody's life right now. God, that You're re-energizing them, that You're filling them and refilling them with Your joy, not some emotional expression, but this solid understanding that all is well with our soul and it's time that we gather and pursue you like we never have that's our that's our challenge today god i just can i pray y'all hang on just a second god i don't man there's there's somebody in this room and you came in here and you're struggling and i don't know how to i i don't even know what what i'm feeling in my heart but i you know who you are i want you to hear me And God sees where you're at. And God knows exactly what you're walking through. And His heart is for you. And you've had a tough year. He is for you. And those circumstances that you've walked through this year has not changed that. 
His hand of blessing is on you. His hand of favor is on you. And even though the enemy has tried to tell you that God wasn't with you like He used to be, that there has never been a moment where He is more present than He is right now. And so you're in this room, listen to me. God is for you. God's for you. And I want you to receive His joy this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Here's what we're going to do. Come on, it's time to go, but i got to do this. We're going we're gonna to sing this song, and I want you to sing it with conviction, and I want you to sing it like you believe it. I want you to sing it not just because I'm asking you to, but because you're on a pursuit of joy starting today. Come on, let's lift our voice. We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. Accepted, redeemed by His grace. Come on, here we go. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. There's joy. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out Your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout Come out on, your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Come on, lift a shout of the Lord. We shout out your praise. Come on, last time, we shout out your praise. We shout out your praise. Now come on, give him praise because he's worthy. Amen. Amen. God bless you so much for being here. Have a great afternoon. See you Sunday uh, Sunday night. Saturday night, 5 o'clock, Sunday morning, 10 a.m. for Christmas. God bless y'all.